Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. One of the key ideas to Stoic moral philosophy or ethics is that of living in accordance with nature. And Cato in Cicero's On the Ends, book three, where he's representing the Stoic school and laying out some of its key doctrines in a summary form, is going to invoke this at several points. And he's never going to attempt to define it. As a matter of fact, one thing we ought to point out is that the Stoic conception of living in accordance with nature is not something simple that actually can be defined effectively within a single phrase. It's actually quite a complex idea. There are definitions available, but they have to be put together in, you might say, a composite picture in order for you to fully understand what the Stoics meant by that. So he's more invoking the idea than attempting to define it. But there are some very useful clarifications that are provided in this work about just what is supposed to go on with living in accordance with nature. Before looking at those, let's talk about how this notion of living in accordance with nature comes up within the work. So like I pointed out, this is a very important concept. It covers multiple aspects of human development and morality and you know how we ought to live our life. It is an ideal for the Stoics. It comes up first in the discussion of the primary impulses of nature. Every being, according to the Stoics, has a sort of rudimentary grasp of its own being, its own condition, and it's also got an affection directed towards itself for that being to remain in existence and for things that conduce to that or that allow it to grow, that allow it to be healthy, that allow it to develop, to, to have being and more of it, you might say. There's also correlatively a reaction against and an a antipathy directed against those things that would lessen its being, that would lead to its destruction, that would impede it in some way. And there's even a directed impulse against its own destruction. So that is a basic thing. And that is in accordance with nature. You can call this self-love or self-affection if you want. It involves perception of self. Cicero has Cato go a bit further. He says, with human beings, we can grasp the order ordo in Latin, right? And the harmony, the concordia, a very important term of the universe, but also of our actions and how they can be arranged in relation to each other. This means we can also grasp the opposites, disorder, lack of harmony, or active discordance. And we have this similar affective relation towards those. We come to appreciate order and harmony and see our own place in it. And when we do that, we are grasping what is also in accordance with nature. Nature in a different sense than just, say, the natural world of the way people conceive of it, nature bloody in tooth and claw or anything along those lines. Or when people do bad stuff, oh, well, that's just human nature. The Stoics would say, no, that's not human nature. That's damaged, screwed up. 
failed to develop fully human nature. That's not what we take as our model. When we understand how things actually can come together well, correctly, properly, this is something that the Stoics think we have a basic grasp of and an affective relation towards, and we can choose to follow. We also sometimes screw it up and then we realize that. So understanding this harmony leads to realizing that the main good for human beings doesn't lie in something like pleasure or making a ton of money. It doesn't even necessarily lie in the health of the body. It lies in something higher, the moral good, the honestum, and in actions that are in alignment with, in harmony with the moral good, the intrinsically valuable, and character dispositions or traits, virtues, which are aligned with that, that express that, from which those sort of actions stem. That is a key Stoic idea. Virtue is in accordance with nature. Every single virtue is a distinctive way of being in accordance with nature. Every vice, every bad characteristic, cowardice, injustice, lack of self-control, all those sorts of things would be out of accordance with nature or contrary to nature. So moral action itself, Cicero is going to tell us, is in accordance with nature. There are other things which are not maybe themselves directly in accordance with nature, but lead to what's in accordance with nature. And those things are thereby made valuable or good because of that, but they don't possess intrinsic goodness. Whereas moral action, action that is in accordance with the virtues, action that is good, is right to do, that is in accordance with nature. Now, there are some other things that he says along the way that I think are very helpful to keep in mind. And I'm going to refer a little bit to the Latin here just so that, you know, we can sort of keep on track and know exactly what he's talking about. There's a sort of chain that's led in one of these passages where he says that living in accordance with nature, following these primary impulses, there's actually a sort of developmental process. He says, first, we have these, these impulses themselves, and we start to use them as a criterion for choosing and rejecting. So we're, we're living our life in the world. Then we start to live in agreement and in harmony with nature, right? That provides us with this basis. And by the way, Cicero is going to use a variety of terms to describe these various states. And you could ask yourself, do all these things mean the same thing? Is living in agreement and in harmony more than just living in agreement or in accordance with? That's a separate topic. But he does use this phrase, convenienter, congruenterque, quite often in this work. So presumably this is a more consolidated state. And so we go from this basis to making choices with appropriate actions. And the, the term that he's actually using here is selectio. We decide in, in a sort of conscious way about how we live in accordance with nature, how we choose to follow these primary impulses. We do so through appropriate action, which is efficium, and that is also translated as duty. So if you think about the things that you ought to do or obligation, requirement, the things that 
fall upon you that are not themselves in themselves necessarily the moral good, but which lead to it for you. So we do that for a while. We make these choices. And then he says it becomes a fixed habit. That's how it's translated here. But the Latin is actually a little bit stronger. Deinde ea perpetua. They become part of who we are. They become fixed, stable within us. And this leads to a final state, which is what he is going to call, uh, it's translated here as rationalized and in harmony with nature, this choice. And if we look at what's being said here, it's quite interesting. He says, tum ad extremum. Finally, we come to the end or the extreme. Constans, consentumque naturae. And what does this mean? The consentaneque means we're conscious of this. This is something that we give assent to. We say yes to over and over again. It's easy for us to say yes to it because we're doing the right thing and we've recognized it as the right thing. It's also constans. It's stable. It is what can be expected of us. So rationalized that does make sense to say here. It is something that we can, in fact, say this is the rational thing to do if somebody asks us to do it. We don't think about it every single time. But if we do think about it, we're like, yeah, that is the right thing to do if somebody challenges us. And it becomes something that is in harmony with nature. Right? So this in harmony with nature isn't a simply punctual thing where we're doing it. I'm in harmony with nature here. I'm in harmony with nature here. I'm in harmony with nature here. Eventually, our actions and our choices become an entire context that helps maintain ourselves in accordance with nature as the Stoics understand it. There's one other thing that I do want to point out, and this comes sort of towards the end of book three. He tells us that we do need to study what he calls natural philosophy. Now, you might think here we're talking about the natural sciences, like you need to study chemistry or biology. Natural philosophy covered a much wider range for the ancients, and it included what we would call today psychology. So we need to understand how our minds, how our motivations, how our basic structures work. And he tells us that here we find a little bit more clarification of this notion of in accordance with nature, that the person who wants to live in accordance with nature must base their principles on the system and government of the entire world. So that means that we need to have a knowledge of the plan of nature. There's also a theological component here for Cato, uh, the life of the gods, and of the answer to the question. This is a key question. Whether the nature of human being is or is not in harmony with that of the universe. So there's being in accordance with or harmony with the workings of nature as a vast totality, right? Not getting upset about the fact that when I drop the book into the bath, the, the pages get wet, right? Because that's the natural order, cause and effect, right? That's one part of being in accordance with nature. And then there's distinctively human nature, where we can talk about moral action and grasp of the good as such, and self-consciousness, and doing philosophy in the first place. And there's a fundamental question that the Stoics have an answer to. Is the order of the whole of nature, capital N, is that possible to harmonize with human nature? And for the Stoics, the answer is yes. But it means that we as human beings have to make choices 
to align ourselves as the individual beings that we are, who are probably kind of damaged and screwed up with both human nature and the nature of the whole, which means that we need to devote some study to it. So he says that, you know, without studying natural philosophy to some degree, we're probably going to be a bit handicapped in this. So that covers what we get in this picture of in accordance with nature here in On the Ends book three. It's not the entirety of the Stoic view on that, but this has already covered quite a few important points about it. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.